we thought we had our building. You know, we were great, we put up the structure, and we were really excited about what God was doing here, and what God was about to do in Oasis, and, and building a new church. And I think every pastor that when you start to dream something, you know, something has to burn inside of you. It has to become a passion. It has to become something that becomes part of your life. But there's one thing I learned over the, the last 23 years of ministry, and it's this. That as much as you dream, never let your dream consume you. Because when you allow a dream to consume you, it will cost you. For the first 15 years of ministry, all I did was ministry, all I did was getting the church, all I did was building, all I did was, you know, getting a congregation and, you know, just being a good pastor. But I realized 15 years into it that it was costing me a lot. It nearly cost me my marriage, it nearly cost me my relationship with my kids, it nearly cost me a lot of things because I was so focused on what I wanted to achieve that I didn't celebrate what I had. And I need to say that to you, that it's important that you celebrate where you are and you celebrate even the smallest victories in life and what you go through and what you journey. And I quickly had to realize that this is in God's time and this is God's plan. So, you know, five years ago, um, the structure went up and it was great and everything was good and we, we paid almost cash for the structure. Took out a little loan from the bank, I think it was 600,000, just to mark through foundations and it must be about 800,000 trucks of cement in this place. You don't want to go. And then COVID hit us. And everything went to you. It's like the money went right up. We had no church. 15 people in the service. 20 people in the service. No church for so long. Didn't know what to do. Came out of COVID and thought, how are we going to recover from this? And during COVID, we get an eviction notice from our landlords to say they want the building back. They've left us for 18 months to build this place. And so we do what every pastor does. Ah, it's set a brick. We're going to build a church by setting a brick. Well, the pastor out there, it doesn't work. <laughs> the only thing that works is prayer. Amen. It got to February this year, and we had six months, and we had nothing in the bank. When I was thinking about nothing, we were paying salaries in portions. March, April, nothing. May, we sit out with the house and said, this guy, now we need to make a plan. At the same time, where's the inner job? Where's the job? Inner job. My new neighbor next door. They decide they get us called a nursery. It will know. And I think when they started there, and we started here, 620 millimeters of rain later, we were in a drought. He was flooded. I was flooded. Trucks were stuck in his property. Trucks were stuck on this property. It almost looked impossible. And every day I come to work, grab my cup of coffee, 
walk through the body, walk there, go to two what's happening there, can spot to next door. And the last three weeks, last month has been amazing because they've been bringing in all their plants. And I stood at that window three days ago and I just looked at the spot next door. And I thought, isn't this what life's about? Isn't what trees? Everything is got there, it's got seedlings. And I just in that moment, God said to me, Kurt, everything starts with a seed. Life starts with a seed. A dream starts with a seed. Everything that you journey starts with a seed. Now I'm just saying to you this morning, don't neglect or forget about your seed. If it's tiny, it doesn't matter. The word of God actually said, if you're faith is like a mustard seed. He said you can move a mountain. And so as we journey in this thing, 22 years ago, I was at a conference in Jeffrey's Bay, and there was a young man, Andre was his name, and uh, God gave me a word for Andre, and it was Genesis 26. And it's the story of Isaac. And the word of God says, I'll, I'll read it, let me read it to you, I'll try to read it. But, but Genesis 26 starts like this, and it says, And there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac, sorry, and Isaac went to Amalek, king of the Philistines, and go. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land which I will tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. And for you and your descendants, I will give you these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. It's an amazing thing. Because I gave that word to someone 22 years ago, and it came back at me. Yeah. It came back at me. The word wasn't for them. The word was for me. That God said, it doesn't matter how barren things look. I need you to sow into the land which I'm going to give you. Yeah. Now let me explain something to you. There's one, three things I learned. One thing I learned in the last couple of months was this. Faith. Yeah. Faith is often taught before it's taught. Listen yeah. to what I'm saying to you. I can give you 5,000 scriptures on what faith is. I can tell you that faith is something that is hopeful and the things not yet seen in Hebrews. I can give you all of that. But until you see faith manifesting in front of you, until you pray for something and you see it happen, faith just becomes a hope or a dream. And I had to realize that it wasn't as much as I had faith, faith had to be put into action. You see, the word says that the drought was worse than the drought of his father Abraham. Now let me explain to you what faith looks like. Why did Isaac leave his father and his mother and go so in a land that has the worst drought in history, even worse than the drought that was with his father? But let me explain to you quickly. Who knows today that today is the start of the Jewish New Year? How crazy is that? But Isaac grew up with his father. And who was his father? Abraham. How old was Abraham? Remember? Abraham was in his 60s and God gave him a promise. And the promise said this that you will be the father of many nations, that your descendants will be as much as the stars in the sky. At 99, Abram was still without a child. Sarah was in her 90s. Can you imagine any birth at 96, 97? 
see, the promise of God never fails to come. The promise of God will never fail to come. I'll tell you something that if God is a promise of your life, it's going to happen. It might be taken a bit longer. I spoke to a friend of mine in, in the USA last week. And I made a joke with him and I said, Be good. If God told me 24 years ago that, Kurt, you're going to plant church and you're going to work your blessed assurance off for the next 23 years and you're going to be sued and you're going to be criticized and you're going to be judged and you're going to be cast out and you're going to have hundreds of thousands of sleepless nights and you're going to have money problems but don't worry, after 23 years of working, I will give you a building. I don't think I will take the job. He said something simple to me, he said to me, well I'm glad you did that, or else this brother would be in the test today.
We were there good. When people argued, and wanted us out, we unplugged the next well. And there was even more animosity and fighting about it. But God. Yeah. But God. But God decided that you, as an aces, needed your own world well model. Yes. We had to build and we had to dig under us. We had to dig our own well. We had to dig in our own season and in our own time right now. And I know many of your journeys are. I know many of you probably don't believe that you're the place we should be right now with God or you don't know, even know where you belong. You don't even know if God still hears you. Because how many of you have been praying for so long and it just feels like there's nothing? Like God is silent. And it's not because we're asking for our own selfish desires. You know, we, we often convince God that we need things because it's good for Him to give us these things. But we never ask God what is He believe is the right thing for you. You see, there's a difference between a good thing and a God thing. The big difference between a good thing and a God thing. And often we want to run with a good thing, but we don't realize that it has to be a God thing. Yeah. In God's time. Yes. In God's time. Let me tell you something that I've learned more in the last 10 years than I've learned in my entire life. And it's not about me, listen to me. We, we have formed the biggest platforms we have over the last 10 years, church. We have faced adversity. We have faced so many challenges. Six months ago, we were going to meet under a tree. Because we didn't have a single ball. And six months later, look at where you are. And let me tell you something. God can do this for a young buddy like me. He can do it for you. But you've got to have faith. And when faith fails, you've got to understand this grace. Because it doesn't matter what you're full. I've seen this before. I've got no problem with the man and the woman that falls. I've got a problem with the man and the woman that makes that up. Yeah. It's your time to stand. Yes. COVID locked us. Many of us haven't been back to church because of COVID. Many of us haven't stopped our dreaming because of COVID. Many of us lost our jobs. Many of us have started our businesses. What could have gone wrong went wrong. Amen. Was it only me? Not as a few of us. But I want to say this to you today. Happy New Year. It's the start of a new season. It's the start of a new day. It's the start of a new era. And I wish that I could get up here today and I wish that I could grant each and every one of you your deepest desires. And I wish I could give you your dream that you've been dreaming for so long. And I wish I could make the prophetic word of your life happen. And I, and I wish and I pray that I could make every promise that God has given you manifest right now. But I can't. 
but I know God can. Yes. His name is Jesus. Yeah. His name is Jesus. And let me tell you something that I just start to realize that the more I did for God, it didn't impress him at all. It didn't impress him at all. You see, I got so busy at times with the things of God that I forgot about the God of the things. I got so busy trying to sort out my life and trying to sort out finances and how it's going to happen and where it's going to happen that I found myself trying to do it myself. DIY good. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else want to make things happen? So who battles with patience? Oh, all of us. You see, I realize it's not about being patient. It's about being persistent. Not being persistent in nagging God, but being about persistent in finding ourselves in His presence. You see, because in His presence, the word God said there is peace, and there is joy, and there is healing, and there is salvation. It's all in His presence. And as we built this house, I realized that nothing here would matter if I did not come from a place of His presence and not from a place of promise. Yeah. In the midst of all this chaos, and those of you that know me know I don't sleep, know that I'm OCD, know that I like things down a certain way and back a certain way. I even got up there in the front to make sure the chairs were straight yesterday. <laughs> Thanks, Fernando. You did a good job. There's something about God that when He takes things out of your control and you allow Him to take things out of your control, that things start to change. You see, I think so often many of you aren't walking in the fullness that God has for you because you just haven't let go yet. Because somewhere in our human understanding, we think we can do this thing. Yeah. And we don't need anybody and we will make it happen. But if it's a God thing, I mean, He can make it happen. Yeah. I mean, He can make it happen. <laughs> you see, this is not about my world today. I really felt this morning when I woke up. It's got nothing to do with this building, but it's got everything to do with the fresh start each year in my life. A new season in your life, a new day. Yes, good. The problems are still going to be there tomorrow. Yes, good. We still have the bank money. Still going to find me tomorrow, but it's okay. God has got us. Amen. And God says that you're the apple of His eye, He knows you by name, and you have found favor in His sight. You start to change your mind and stop trying to see yourself as somebody that can do things and see yourself as a child of God. See yourself as someone that God wants to bless, that God wants to walk in the fullness of the purpose of the plan that He has for you. I have given off this dream many times. Many times I forgot. But this dream never looked up. And many times I wanted to ignore this dream. Because
Because let me tell you something, this was too big for this small brain of mine. And when we put the hanger up, I thought, oh, this is really cool. And every time Mark built the wall, it got bigger. And it got bigger. And it got bigger. And it got bigger. And eventually I still didn't know, wow, the space is too big. <laughs> and then people come and say, it's good. I don't want to blow your pop your bubble, but this space is too small for us. <laughs> I'm like, it took me 23 years to get here. Like, aren't you guys having a leave? <laughs> After this, is that just great for me? <laughs> Somebody walked in here this morning and said, Yeah, good. You have to extend. You know when you ask about teaching, I can say. But it's all about. Yeah.